Welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast, where we tackle teaching challenges from a biblical perspective. Why are we here? Because we don't believe that our spiritual walk and teaching profession should exist in two separate domains. Rather, the hope we have in Christ should change how we approach everything, not just at home, but at school as well. So join us as we explore both the spiritual and practical sides of key teaching challenges, integrating them together so we can succeed at teaching, glorify God, and make a lasting difference in our students' hearts and lives. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Herzog Foundation, and we're excited to continue our series on worst advice ever or debunking bad teacher advice. Uh, Last week, we dealt with the question, should you leave your religion at home or check it at the door? These are common phrases that you might have heard, and I hope that we properly debunked that. If you missed that episode, you can check that out from last week. Today, we're going to dive into some advice that is challenging. This is not a light topic, but I think it's really important. And the advice is this, to love someone, you must affirm them and affirm their choices. Um, This one is not necessarily heard exactly like that all the time. In other words, that's not a common phrase that you're like, yes, I've heard that phrase exactly. But it is a prevailing philosophy that shows up in a lot of ways in our society. And you might have heard it in your school specifically related to dealing with challenges with students. And the way it typically comes up is by calling people hateful if they don't affirm someone's choices. And this comes up most often in relationship to sexual and gender identity. Um, That's where this is most common. Now, before we get too far into this, I do want to say that the focus of this episode is not to dive into what a biblical view of sexual or gender identity is. We don't have the space for that in this episode. So, If you are wondering what we believe or you are struggling with this for yourself, um, or if you just haven't listened to these episodes yet, they are absolutely phenomenal. I highly recommend either scrolling back through the podcast up to episodes 125 and 126, or you can simply go to teachfortheheart.com slash 125. And in that, there is a wonderful discussion with counselor Jonathan Holmes, where we discuss gender identity in depth, talk about what it is um, from a biblical perspective, what a biblical perspective of gender identity is. And then in episode 126, we talk about what that looks like for a uh, Christian teacher um, teaching in you know Christian school or also particularly in public school. Okay, so there's that. I'm not going to rehash all of that here, but I encourage you if you if you want to pause this and listen to that and come back or listen to this afterwards i think you'll find that really helpful today what we're focusing on is this philosophy this philosophy that in order to love someone including our students right so in order to love our students our colleagues our family members whoever it is we must affirm their sexual and their gender identity choices whether we agree with them or not okay so i want to take a moment and consider this prevailing thought, okay? So the prevailing thought in our modern society is that when it comes to sexual and gender identity, that if you love someone, you will affirm whatever they say about their own sexual or their own gender identity. And what's typically underneath, if it's not explicitly said, is that if you do not affirm 
particularly if you in any way push back, that is harmful and that is hateful. So basically in our society, we're presented with two choices. Choice number one is to love the person and affirm them. So love and affirm is choice one. Choice number two is don't affirm and hate, okay? Right? I mean, that really is the way it's presented. If you love, you will affirm. If you don't affirm, you hate. Those are your two choices. But that is a false dichotomy. I want to take a moment and pause on what is a false dichotomy because a false dichotomy is an error of logic. You remember those, you know, classic errors of logic. This is one of them. It is an error of logic where two choices or two outcomes or two sides, there are two choices or two outcomes to an argument and they are presented as the only possibilities when in fact more are available. Okay, so in other words, this is a false dichotomy because we are presented with these two choices, love and affirm, don't affirm and hate. That's it. (laughs) Those are the only two choices. And that is simply not true. There is more than those two choices. And I'm going to contend there is absolutely a third choice. And that third choice is to love without affirming. Absolutely. As Christians, and even just as logical thinking humans, We should not buy the lie that loving has to equal affirming. Love means caring about the person and desiring what is best for them. It's about putting them above ourselves. Whether, and the thing about that is if we truly love something, someone, we want not what is best for us. We want what is best for them. And we want what's best for them whether it matches what they want at the time or not. This is more obvious to us in some areas. Um, Although, to be honest, our society is starting to shrink from this in these other areas as well. But for example, at least until recent years, friends or family might get together and stage an intervention for a friend that is addicted to drugs and alcohol because they recognize that they love these drugs or this alcohol, but it is destroying their lives. And so we want to help you despite the choices that you're making, right? Or we might counsel a close friend or a family member against a detrimental detrimental romantic relationship that we're in. We might say, I know that you think this relationship is good, but it's not. And we can see that clearly, right? So my point here is that because we truly love the person, we want what's best for them, even if it's not what they want or think is best for themselves at any given moment, okay? So in these other areas, we can hopefully more clearly see that We don't just affirm everything we're doing because we love them. That would not actually be loving. We love by not affirming in these other areas, okay? So what's really going on here um, is actually a disagreement around our sexual and gender identity is that, can that be harmful? Because here's the thing, if their beliefs or choices around sexual or or gender identity are harmful, it's not loving to affirm harmful choices, okay? And that really is the real rub. Are gender and sexual identity choices harmless? Are all options when it comes to gender and sexual identity good and right and valid? The world and our society would have us believe yes, Every single option is just as good as another. 
Okay, every single option is just as good because gender is a construct invented by people. Okay, and sexuality that like there is no and, and the bottom line is this: there is no creator. We are products of evolution. We came about by chance. We can do whatever we want. There is there is no order. These are just constructs created by ancient societies that we are free to shed. Okay, it it comes from a belief that there is no God, no creator that designed things a certain way that loves us and cares about us and presents his laws to us for our good and for his glory. Okay, I'm getting a little bit into the philosophy, but this is important because this is really what's underneath this is a question of the, the when the world says, you know, to affirm you know, to love, you must affirm. It's because they believe all choices are equally good. There is no right. There is no better. There, there, there's none of that because because there is no God. It is all a construct. That philosophy is what fuels the love must equal affirm. Okay. Um. So the world would have us believe every option is just as good as another. That's why they say we must affirm. As Christians, though, we know better. We know that we are not products of evolutionary chance, that gender was not simply created by society. We know that a loving God created us and designed us in a unique way, and that to mess with his design is not for our ultimate good. So since we do not accept the premise that all sexual and gender identity choices are equally good, we cannot accept the conclusion that the only way to love is to affirm. So because we love people, and also because we cannot deny what we know to be true from scripture, we must love without affirming. And I'm going to dive into a little bit further what this looks like and some examples from scripture that I hope will be helpful. But first, a very quick break. Our partners at the Herzog Foundation are offering amazing free in-person trainings for Christian school leaders in a variety of important topics, such as strategic planning, donor development, culture building, spiritual formation, and so many more. Not only are these trainings incredible and free, but accommodations are also covered by Herzog. That means that schools only need to cover travel expenses. I strongly encourage you to check out these trainings and pass them on to those that you think would benefit most. Check them out at herzogfoundation.com slash events. Now back to our show. Well, welcome back. We've been diving into this very challenging question, and I hope you can hear my, from my heart and the way I'm speaking that this is, a, that I recognize this is tough. Like none of these are easy answers, but it's something that we really do need to think about. And I am encouraging everyone to share this episode with a friend or a colleague, listen to it, and then discuss it. That's going to help you. That iron sharpening iron and having a discussion will help you work through this, think it through, um, and encourage and help each other um, to apply things in a biblical way. So I absolutely encourage you to do that. Remember, all of these episodes from this series can be found at teachfortheheart.com slash bad advice. We were making, though, the, um, the assertion that there are not only two choices in how we act with people. It is that, you know, the world would have a say, you either love and affirm. If you don't affirm, you hate. That's it. But I say there is a third choice to love without affirming. And 
to encourage us that we are indeed on the right track with this love without affirming, I want to consider Jesus' example because he often did this. Jesus loved, he loves everybody, but he did not affirm sin or what was wrong. Um, One example gives us with the woman that was caught in adultery, um, and this is in John 8. In this case, you know, the remember the religious leaders bring to him the woman caught in adultery, and they actually want him to either say, should we stone her or not? They're just trying to trap him. They're using the woman. They don't care. Um, But you know, and if you remember, Jesus says, he who's without sin, let him cast the first stone, right? And the people, you know, end up realizing, oh, I am a sinner myself, and they all walk away, right? But then Jesus, once they're all gone, um, this is what um, it says. Jesus stood down and said to the woman, woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned her? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I love this for so many reasons, but as it relates here, Jesus is clearly loving this woman. He sees her. He cares about her. He, um, in, in some ways, you know, defends her, protects her, but yet he doesn't affirm her wrong, her wrong behavior. He says, "Go and sin no more," and calls her to what is right. Um, so he does both exactly perfectly together. He does the same thing with another woman in John 4 with the woman at the well. If you remember, he has a conversation with her and he's he's talking to her. She's a, Jew, a Samaritan woman and he's a Jewish man like that, you know, culturally she was beneath him, but he didn't see her that way. He he talked to her. He was kind. He was loving. He was caring for her. He was engaging her in the conversation and drawing her to himself. Um, but yet he also didn't shy away, didn't affirm her sin. He says, where's your husband? She says, I've had five husbands. The one I have isn't my husband. Um, or actually, rather, she didn't say that. <laughs> He said that you have you have had five husbands. The one you have now isn't your husband. He he see this saw the situation absolutely clearly. Um, he didn't affirm. He didn't shy away even from what was happening. But he loved her as he was calling her out into a belief in him. There are so many more examples of this in scripture. One of my favorite verses as it relates to this is Ephesians four fifteen, which uses the phrase speaking the truth in love. And this concept is woven all throughout scripture that we are absolutely called to love. We can never not be loving. God makes that perfectly clear as Christians. We never have an option to not be loving. We are to love even our enemies. <laughs> that I mean, that's, that's pretty extreme. We are always to love. But that does not mean that we, anything goes. We are called to speak truth and to love simultaneously at the same time. And this response, if we can adopt it, is so powerful because it smashes that false dichotomy that to love is to affirm, and if you don't affirm, you hate. If you adapt this with someone in particular, whether it's at your school or a family member or a friend, when at first you don't affirm, you might meet some resistance. There might be some assumptions that you must hate because remember, that's what they've been taught, that if you don't affirm, you must be hating, right? But when you show your love day in and day out with continued words and continued action, you present a dilemma to those observing you. They've been taught that to not affirm is to hate, yet as time goes on, they realize that mm, you still haven't ever really affirmed this area of my life, but you are certainly also not hating. 
you you're there for me. You love me. You care for me. You're helping me. You're 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 there day in and day out. And they cannot deny that. And in that way, you don't fit into this either of those neat boxes. And that is a powerful testimony and a powerful example of true Christianity. So as we wrap this up, I wanted to think for a minute about what does it look like to love without affirming? And I will start by saying it totally depends on the situation. There are not, it's not a lot I can say here that's cut and dried. These are difficult challenges. They're so deeply personal, so deeply interpersonal um, and dealing with such intimate areas of people's lives. So um, totally depends on your situation, um, totally prayer is necessary. But I do have a few helpful principles that I hope will be helpful. So number one, love in word and action. Leave no doubt that you care about this person. Okay, so if there's someone in your life that maybe there's some pressure to love, to affirm in one of these areas, and you say, I can't, I can't affirm this. Okay, I'm with you, but leave no doubt that you love this person, that you care about them. Don't just be silent, you know, and say, well, they know I love them. Do they? Do they know? Make sure you're showing it. Make sure you are showing it with what you say and what you do. Don't leave any doubt. Uh, Number two, do seek to avoid affirming. I know a few areas where this can be particularly tricky is names and pronouns. This can be really tricky, and I am not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you to pray for guidance if you don't know what to do. I'm also going to point you to the episode I mentioned before, teachfortheheart.com slash 126. Jonathan Holmes gives some good advice there about these particulars, but my general advice is seek to avoid affirming, but pray for wisdom because there are so many specific situations where it's like, I don't know what to do, and God will help guide you, okay? Number four. Consider your relationship with this individual. How close are you to them? Are they open to input? Okay, so obviously like a teacher-student relationship is different than maybe, um, you know, a close family member, um, right? So consider what is the relationship that I have with them? Um, and then also, are they open to input? Are they coming to me for advice? Um, or do they want absolutely no advice? Okay, this is going to affect how much you say to them and how much you don't say to them potentially, okay? Um, Next one is pray for guidance on when to speak and when to be quiet, okay? So just pray and ask for God's help because it is so hard to know and I certainly cannot tell you. Um, But sometimes um, we love someone and we simply love and we don't affirm and, and, and we maybe never say anything to push back. That might be how how the right thing to do and that might be how God leads you in certain circumstances once again especially considering like what is the relationship are they open to input and how God is leading you okay um but there also might be times when when God calls you to give pushback um and that that is the right thing to do so pray for guidance on that and trust the holy spirit to lead you and then a final piece of uh helpful principle that i think is very very important for us to keep in mind And that is we absolutely must remember that a lost person's greatest need is Christ. Their greatest need is not their struggle with gender or sexual identity. And I think that this can happen sometimes 
where um, whether it's a student or just someone that you love, where you say, man, I really wish I could help them in this specific area. And that is a wonderful, like your heart is totally in the right place. And if you have opportunity and, and, and the spirit leads you and you have opportunity to help them in that specific area, that is wonderful. But we should never lose sight of the fact that anybody that is lost, their greatest need is Christ. And they're honestly, the person that can help them in this particular area is Christ. And so um, once again, this is going to depend on what the relationship is, who the person is. But if as you have opportunity and you're able to point them to Jesus whenever possible, um, that is their greatest need. And if you're in a situation in a public school where you can't say that, pray for them. Pray for their salvation first and foremost, because that is their greatest, greatest need. Um, And um, that's what they need first and foremost. And honestly, um, gender and sexual identity struggles um, can be dealt with after that, if that makes sense. Um, So just want to really encourage you. I think that's something important to keep in mind, especially as we're just dealing with friends and family and loved ones, that that is the greatest need. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. As I said, this is a tough one. Honestly, I'm like nervous to put this one out. It's just such a hot button topic, but I think it's important. I think it's something that we need to think about. If you're struggling with what we've said um, and you need some additional clarification, feel free to email us, um, hello at teachfortheheart.com. Our team can help you and maybe point you in the direction of some additional resources. And then I once again, please do listen to teachfortheheart.com slash 125 and slash 126. Um, those two episodes I think will be really, really, really helpful um, as far as thinking through what is a biblical view in this and then some practicalities um, in relationship to teaching. Once again, some more discussions on names and pronouns and all of those um, sticky situations. This is also a topic that we've dealt with a few different times at the Rise Up Summit, and we're really excited to be having a special sale on the Summit Recordings Bundle where you're going to be able to get every single Summit session um, from multiple years of the Summit um, at an incredible deal. And we're going to be announcing that exclusively to our email list. So if you're not on our email list, go to teachfortheheart.com. You'll see a spot there to sign up, get on the list, um, and that way you'll be made sure to be notified about this special opportunity. One other thing you can do for us, if you haven't yet left a review for us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, that would be a big encouragement and a help to us. Last year, I read you a negative review. Today, I'm going to read you a positive review, um, and this one was encouraging. It says, speaks to my teacher heart. As a public school teacher, I so appreciate Linda and her wonderful ideas for bringing my faith quietly in the classroom through my thoughts and actions. She is the only Christian teacher voice I have that combines faith and and the classroom. And I'm so excited um, that this uh, podcast has been a benefit to you. And for those of you listening, once again, if you haven't left a review yet, that is a huge help to us and helping more teachers find out about the show. Let's take a few minutes and pray together. Father, thank you that you are with us in all of these challenging situations. Um, Teacher, take a moment. If there's any struggles or challenges about these things, take a moment and just share them honestly to the Lord. Next, take a few minutes and ask God to give you wisdom and insight um, and love as you interact with those around you, whether they struggle with this issue or not.
And finally, if there's a certain student or friend or family member that God has placed on your heart, take a moment and pray specifically for them, that God would draw them to himself and that God would give you wisdom in your interaction with them. We thank you, Father, that you love each one. Ask for your mighty intervention in hearts and lives. Give us wisdom and insight. Help us to follow the leading of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you again so much for listening. You can find all of the notes from this episode and the entire series at teachfortheheart.com slash bad advice. Next week, we'll be back with the final episode of the series talking about the bad advice. If it's too hard, you need to get out. And that'll be a lot to talk about with that. This episode has been brought to you in partnership with the Herzog Foundation. Of course, any views or opinions expressed in this episode are my own and do not necessarily reflect those of the Herzog Foundation. I look forward to speaking with you again next week. In the meantime, teacher, remember God is at work in you and through you, and he's using you to make a difference. Keep your eyes on him and teach for the hearts.